Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Check out our new website for all your news, updates, and episodes at NASCARfieldfiller.com. We have one spot left in the field, so let's fill up the last row with our host, Vanilla Wafers. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. We just had week number 11 in the books, and wouldn't you believe it? I am a predictor of the future because guess who won the race? Kyle Bush won the Bushy McBush 400. Our old-time radio show has now became a reality. The only thing I was not able to predict was the second-place running, which I thought was going to be Kurt Busch, but instead it was Kevin Harvick, who was also sponsored by Bush, so that would have worked out just fine too. But you know what? Who cares? I'm going to ride on this train until next weekend when we go to Darlington and I predict the wrong person to win the race. I'm still going to say, hey, remember race number 11 when I predicted the winner? Mm, that was a good time. But you know what? Today is still a great day because guess what? I just got a year older. It is my birthday. I don't share the same birthday as Kyle Busch. I am the next day after, so that is why I'm not a Kyle Busch fan, because you're not nearly as cool as a May 3rd baby. But, I just turned the good old 25. And I can't think of a better way to celebrate my birthday than to recap this weekend's race, so let's get into it. Let's look at all the races that happened at Kansas Speedway and see what we learned. Alrighty, let's first start off with the truck race. That is the 21st annual Vise Power 200 that was held on Saturday. A 140 lap race. They only had 5 cautions for about 25 laps. 14 lead changes amongst 7 different drivers in the end. Wow, isn't this one going to be a shocker? The number 51 of Kyle Busch gets the victory leading 59 laps. He is your winner of the 7th race of the Camping World Truck Series in 2021. Finishing 2nd, we have the number 44 of Ross Chastain. Finishing 3rd is the number 16 of Austin Hill. Finishing 4th is number 98 of Kristen Eckes. Finishing 5th, we have the number 4 of John Hunter Nemechek. Finishing 6th is number 38 of Todd Gillen. 7th place, we have the number 21 of Zane Smith. Finishing 8th is the number 24 of Raphael Lazard, probably his last race of the 2021 season. Finishing ninth is the number 13 of Johnny Sauter, and rounding out the top 10 is the number 99 of Ben Rhodes. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside of the top 10, we got the number one of Haley Deegan, probably having her best finish of the season, finishing 13th. Stuart Friesen ran into some problems there near the end. He finishes 14th in this race. Derek Cross in the number 19 also ran into some problems. He finishes 28th in this race. Sheldon Creed in the number 2. Finishes 32nd, multiple laps down, and then finishing last in this race, we have the number 49 of Ryan Reed parking the car after 27 laps due to steering issues. He finishes 40th overall, and that is your final results here in the Truck Series race at Kansas. So, really not too much to take away from here. I mean, um, one of the biggest things is regarding the number 24 of Raphael Lazard, which is kind of an interesting thing because GMS Racing just announced that he is no longer racing in that truck for the rest of the 2021 season due to sponsorship issues. And a lot of people are mostly just like, <laughs> isn't Sheldon Creed as well as Zane Smith both struggling for sponsorship woes right now? Yes, that is true. But if Rafael Lazard is struggling with sponsorship issues, yeah, he needs to get his ass 
out of that truck, and they're going to put Ryan Reed in instead. Very, very odd situation. I, I know why they are struggling with sponsorship issues um, with that number 24 truck. It was due to the COVID pandemic. They can no longer um, put that much money towards their marketing but it's so weird that they're going to kick the 24 of Rafael Lazard out, but not Zane Smith and Shaden, Sheldon Creed, two drivers who've been struggling all this year for sponsorship. So that's the biggest thing. Uh, second thing is Kyle Busch winning another truck race, and people for some reason are getting really pissed off about that. Look, here's my thought process on this regarding Kyle Busch coming down into the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series. It's been a talked about subject for so many years now, and I think I've already brought it up earlier this year, but... I'm just going to say it once again. Look, Kyle Busch coming down to the lower series isn't going to kill the trucks. It's not going to kill the Xfinity series. Yes, some people might be bored of it, and yes, some teams might be upset because it's just like, hey, look at my startup driver. He's starting to run really good, but when you got these top series drivers coming down here, he finishes near the back, and it doesn't look good. This is all I got to say about it. Kyle Busch has a lot of value behind his name. doesn't matter if he's a heel or if he's one of the greatest guys. It could be the same to Chase Elliott. It's going to bring attention to these lower series. And when he goes down there to run a couple of events, I'm pretty sure the viewership rises during those races. You can't tell me that Kyle Busch hurts these events because if that was the case, nobody would want him at all. You wouldn't tell me that someone like in the Dirt Series, like Late Models or some of the ARCA events, you're telling me people would not buy tickets to those races if they didn't see Kyle Busch on there? The same goes for the Truck Series. If you're a Kyle Busch fan, you bet your ass if you're going to that Kansas race, you're going to buy the Truck Series race as well because that's almost a guarantee to see him run near the front. Hell yeah! And so... The argument that these top series drivers shouldn't be going down here at all, I think is kind of ridiculous. I say having these guys run on a limited schedule is still a great idea. I think this was a good move on NASCAR's part. Uh, cutting their points off, I really think that was kind of silly because they're not going to be running for the championship anyways. I mean, you've already reduced their race count down to seven to five races for the Xfinity and trucks. But overall, I see the argument as... Uh, bushwhackers or truck rackers, as a lot of people start calling it, is kind of a ridiculous argument. I, I'd say these guys do help out the truck series. It does bring a little more competition because let me tell you something. If someone like Austin Dillon, who was really close to pulling the upset, if he would have beat Kyle Busch and Ross Chastain, there would have been a lot of people turning their heads towards that. So going back to the question that is almost asked every single time Kyle Busch wins a race down the lower series are top-tier drivers ruining these lower um, divisions? No. No, it's not at all. Give Kyle Busch a victory. Round of applause for him. Now let's move on into the Cup Series race. Alrighty, so I know it's only been about two seconds for you guys, but for me, it's been about 14 hours. Uh, if you guys noticed in the first bit when we were talking about the Truck Series... I was not feeling it. I, I was so out of it yesterday, so that is why this episode is a little bit delayed. So now we're going to be talking about the most important thing, which is the Cup Series race, the Bushy McBush race, 400, race number 11. So honestly, this race was an okay race. I mean, there wasn't really anything too exciting in the first 75% of the race. All the craziness happened near the end. We'll talk about that, believe me, because there's a lot of stuff we need to talk about regarding NASCAR on that one. But we had seven cautions for 36 laps, 
18 lead chains among six different drivers. There was really four drivers who were competing for the win, and the winner of one of those four was the number 18 of Kyle Busch winning the Bushy McBush race. I predicted the future with this one with Joe Gibbs getting his first victory of the season, locks himself into the playoffs. He is the winner of the 11th race. Finishing second, we have the number four of Kevin Harvick. Finishing third, we have the number two of Brad Keselowski. Finishing fourth is number 21 of Matt Benedetto. Fifth place, we have the number nine of Chase Elliott. Sixth place is the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. 7th place we have the number 8 of Tyler Reddick 8th place goes to the number 17 of Chris Buescher 9th place we have the number 24 of William Byron Rounding out the top 10 is the number 3 of Austin Dillon Finishing outside the top 10 we have the number 99 of Daniel Suarez Finishing 11th Denny Hamlin in the number 11 Finishing 12th Finishing 13th is the number 34 of Michael McDowell Finishing 14th we have the number 42 of Ross Chastain 15th is the number 1 of Kurt Busch 16th is the number 6 of Ryan Newman 17th we have the number 22 of Joey Logano 18th is the number 48 of Alex Bowman, 19th is number 5 of Kyle Larson, and round out the top 20 we have the top finishing rookie the number 14 of Chase Briscoe Noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20. We have Ryan Blaney, who finished 8th and 6th in the stages. He finishes 21st in this race, scoring only 24 points. Then we also had Christopher Bell run into some late incidents in the near the end in that number 20 machine. He finishes 28th in this race. And the drivers who got collected in that same accident was the number 37 of Ryan Priest and the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. They finished 32nd and 34th, respectively. And round out the field in the 39th position, we have the number 52 of Josh Balicki. And that is your final results here in the Bushy McBush Race 400. Alrighty, so first off, the first things first, I do not want to take this away from Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch ran a really, really good race. He was near the front for the most part. He won a stage, so definitely a good contender. I do not agree with what NASCAR did with one of the final cautions, which was the tire incident involving Reddick. That is something that NASCAR is going to have to live with for quite a while as one of the worst calls of the year because, let's be honest here, that should not have happened. They should have thrown the caution either immediately when it happened or never at all and had someone pick it up. You know who you should have got? You should have got Jimmy Watts. If you don't know who Jimmy Watts is, he was a pit crew member for the number 47 team back in 2009 when Atlanta Motor Speedway, they lost a tire and they were about to throw the caution and then Jimmy Watts just looked around and he was like, Hold my beer, babe. Ran out to the middle of the racetrack, almost towards the racing surface, and NASCAR had to immediately throw a caution because he was going to be Mr. Hero and save everyone from that dreadful tire. Uh, I think he got, like, suspended for, like, six weeks or something. I don't even know if he works as a pit crew member anymore. I mean, it was about... 12 years ago, but still, that was absolutely crazy. But going back to this one, this was not even close to the same situation. That tire was eventually going to hit the racing surface back in 2009 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. This one was stuck right there on pit road, and they didn't throw the caution for like another 20 laps. They screwed over Chris Buescher. They screwed over the leaders, most notably Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin, because honestly, nobody was going to hit that. You could try to spin out a car in a front straightaway 100 times maybe once maybe once a car is going to hit that tire other than that no one's really going to hit it and even so nobody was on pit road you could send one of the asmr officials to go and retrieve that tire during green because nobody was on pit road there were so many better options that they could have went with and they decided to say well it's not that big of an issue so we'll wait for everyone to finish their pit cycle so nobody tries to get the upper hand on anyone else but it's going to be dangerous enough once everyone has gone through pit road you know the lane that's closest to that tire then we'll throw the caution I mean it was a 
bad, bad call, and I really don't agree with it in any shape or form. You either throw the caution then, or you never throw the caution at all and wait for another incident to happen that's not related. Like, let's say there's a debris out on the back straightaway, then you pick up that tire, but I don't know. It was just a bad call all around. I don't think anyone was really happy with it. And in the end, it, it bunched everything up. So, I mean, great for NASCAR to make it a little bit more exciting. But then it reminds me of the Daytona Road Course where they threw a caution immediately when they saw a little bit of water which screwed over Chase Elliott. This is kind of almost the exact opposite of what happened over there. They're just like, okay, we're not going to throw the caution immediately. We're going to wait for the perfect time. But the perfect time never happened, so they just decided to throw it anyways. Uh, so NASCAR, that is now two incidents in the first 11 races where you've kind of screwed up the finish to a race and caused something way worse than what needed to happen. That's what I got to say about that. So other than that, though, the racing was not too bad. I mean, when you think of Kansas Speedway, it is definitely more of a good night track to go to. And what I mean by that, it looks like the racing is always way more exciting during the nighttime. The daytime, it just feels like any other mile and a half. There's not nearly too much passing, and I know they're going to try to work on that with the new next-gen car because every time someone looked like they were getting ready to pass, all of a sudden the side draft would ruin it for them, and then they'd go back. It is just the one thing that has really killed the Gen 6 car, and we kind of saw it again here in the Kansas race. Overall, though, I, I'd give it an average race. I'd say this is probably the sixth or seventh best race of the year. It's not the worst one, but it's definitely not the best one. But again, Kyle Busch did really good, locks himself in. Now we got 10 drivers into the playoffs locked in for wins. I don't even know if I want to say locked in anymore because I bet you we're going to be going past 16 winners by the end of this. If not 15 winners and Denny Hamlin keeps choking every single race because he did again right there when the time meant most. He just goes, oh, 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 I, I choked on my water and then hit in turn three and four and then took himself out. Granted, he did still get a top 15 finish, but we were expecting Denny Hamlin to get a victory. Not a 13th place finish. So, I don't know what's going on with Denny Hamlin and those guys, but they got to figure something out because I could totally see them in the first round of the playoffs making it in. I, I, I have no doubt in my mind they'll make it in. But being in the first round of the playoffs, getting into two accidents in the first two races, and then getting eliminated in round one, that would be pretty embarrassing. But I also see potentially a driver missing the playoffs who has a victory. And let me tell you something. You do not want to be that driver. Right now, it is Alex Bowman. Michael McDowell has actually passed him in points, but Alex Bowman is the lowest driver with a victory in the point standings, which means if we have 16 different winners and Denny Hamlin doesn't get a victory or 17 different winners, then the person who has the least amount of points is going to get bumped off. How embarrassing would that be to be the first ever driver to get a victory in a playoff system that only uh, awards people who get victories and you don't even make it. You do not want to be that driver, let me tell you. You do not want to be that driver. And it might happen this year. We're already up to 10 different winners. And I can still see Chase Elliott get a victory, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, like I just mentioned. Um, there's some other drivers. Maybe even Kurt Busch can sneak a victory. Maybe we can have someone like Matt DiBandetto or Ricky Stenhouse get a victory. Uh, who knows? There's still a lot of drivers who have an opportunity. And speaking of which... Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and that JTG Daughtry Racing is now really starting to struggle at a time when they do not need to. Matt DiBandetto was almost written off, and now he has made his way back into the playoff contention. He's sitting 16th in points. And then JTD in the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse, he has been falling apart the last couple of races. And... I'd say here, Kansas was a perfect example that they are not meeting expectations like they should be. They are choking at times when they do not need to be. 
and you have seen it in the last couple of races. They got to switch something around because they're going to be in the same situation as they did last year. Yeah, right there, right around the top 16, and then slowly fall off and be about 22nd. I don't want to see that for the number 47 team, but they got to switch something around. Otherwise, we won't be seeing them in playoff contention much longer. So in conclusion, this is what I see as the biggest takeaways for race number 11. First off, no one can control their tires, and NASCAR can't control when to do a consistent call. Let's just put that out there. And Stuart Haas Racing, except for Kevin Harvick, is really more of a lost cause at this play at this point because they haven't really been showing any signs of improving. I mean, 20th and worse for everyone except Kevin Harvick. That's not good at all. And Matty D is stepping it up while Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is kind of falling back. Those are the biggest takeaways for race number 11. Now let's move on to my favorite segment. Let's go to the awards segment here for this weekend. Alrighty, so these are some of the biggest awards in the world of Vanilla Wafer Podcasting. So it's not a big world, but it's still awards, and everyone wants to win an award. Well, maybe not a couple of these, but still. Let's look at some of the top awards that we're going to be giving out today. Let's first start off with my favorite one, the Field Filler Award. I I think I'm going to change this one, actually, because, you know, I've been noticing the same drivers getting the same award over and over again, and at that point, are they really considered a Field Filler anymore? I should make this the most improved driver of this weekend. Who really turned our heads at a time when we don't usually see them up front, but in this weekend, they did something completely different. They started to show their performance, and hey, they need to get a good shout-out. Well, I'm going to be giving it to the number 42 of Ross Chastain in the Cup Series. Hey, Ross Chastain has been running around kind of in the 20th position right there, but usually a subpar driver for the most part at the beginning of the season. This weekend, though, was a little bit different. We saw him racing up front right around the top three area at one point, looking really good, starting to make some improvements in the right direction. Hey, we could see him potentially at Michigan or Indianapolis. Well, maybe not Indianapolis since it's now a road course, but maybe at Michigan where the number 42 team does really good regardless of whoever's in that car we might see Ross Chastain get himself a top three or maybe sneak a sneak a victory there and be one of the surprise drivers here in the 2021 season next award I want to give out is the top fantasy driver which driver performed the best out of everybody now it was going to be Kyle Larson Kyle Larson looked incredible this weekend but not as good as Kyle Busch Kyle Busch getting a victory both in the truck series and in the Cup Series, if you found a fantasy list where you can put in Truck Series drivers, well, show me where that's at because I actually want to do that. But he finished first in both races and even won a stage finish and finished second in the other stage, scoring 59 points. If you had him on your fantasy roster, you were one happy camper with Kyle Busch as the fantasy driver. Next I have here is the Bum Award. Which driver kind of absolutely let us down? Was an absolute bum in every single way, that you, shape, or form that you see him in? Well, it's not going to be a driver once again. I know, I, this Bum Driver Award. I'm, I'm not even giving it to drivers. I'm giving it to a bunch of random people. Why in the world would I do such a thing? Well, that is because I am giving it to the owner of GMS Racing. It is going to none other than Maury and Spencer Gallagher. You're still going to tell me. 
that Rafael Lazar not having a sponsorship is a reason to get him kicked out of your truck. Uh, let's let's look at your other two cars over there. Sheldon Creed, Zane Smith, where are their sponsors? Usually it's the CEO of Camping World that is saving those guys' asses from having a blank car. But the number 24 of Rafael Lazard, oh no, then we're putting our foot down. We can't have unsponsored cars in our lineup. Bitch! Get on out of here with that. Spencer Gallagher, you need to give yourself some good old THC in your system. Oh, wait, you already did that back in Xfinity a couple years ago. Well, you need still more of that and calm down, my friend, because you just lost yourself a great driver in Lazard. He's been doing great this year, and now you say he cannot be in your truck much longer. You know what? In that case, get the hell out of my podcast. And then the last award I'm going to have to give out is the Best Paint Scheme Award. Which team had the best paint scheme here for week number 11 here at Kansas Speedway? Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I haven't really been keeping track of the paint schemes here at Kansas. I've been mostly focusing on the Darlington race because it's throwback weekend. Everyone always has themselves a neato burrito car from back in the ages. So I'm just like, ooh, let's look at these. However, let's see which one had the best paint scheme for this weekend. Now, some drivers who had some really good paint schemes that I need to give an honorable mention to is Ryan Newman in the number six, as well as Tyler Reddick in the number eight. I love the black and red mix. That's always been a really good paint combination for me. However, I don't really think a day race would have looked really good for that. If they would have brought that for next weekend at the Darlington race for the for a night race, mm, that would be super nice. But I think there's one driver that really stepped it up above everyone else. No, it's not Kyle Busch with his M&M's mix. God, that car did not look good at all. And and no, not Joey Gase or Chris Busher, who had some wacky paint scheme designs, which at first looked kind of cool, but then when you look a little bit closer, you're just like, eh, eh, it's not as cool as I thought. But anyways, the winner should go to none other than the number 34 of Michael McDowell, the Daytona 500 winner, with his impressive CarParts.com car. This car looked absolutely cool in the dark blue with the light blue mix in between, also with the orange fit with the number 34. It just worked really well for this team, and this team has been running really good for being a mid-tier car and with the good paint schemes at well everything is just going up for good old front row motorsports well except for the number 38 car but let's just focus on the number 34 car they win the paint scheme award and i think it's a well-deserving car because it's really really nice make sure to check it out most people usually go to jski.com check out the number 34 car it was a great paint scheme and well-deserving of the paint scheme award give them a round of applause Ah, yes, yes, yes. Great round of applause. Great round of applause. And thank you guys so much for being patient with me on this episode. I know it's a day later, and like I said, um... Monday, I just wasn't up to it. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun because it was my birthday weekend. And the next day, I could not talk. I could not focus on anything. So I figured, you know what? It's best to leave this episode for tomorrow and give you guys some good quality content rather than some garbage stuff and say, well, at least I got it on time. So thank you guys so much for being patient with me. And of course, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time. So I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road collect my last place winnings and i am out so you all take care this has been the field filler podcast